0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome one. Welcome all to the greatest show of them all. It is the NFC East Mixtape Volume 125, I think. Uh, You can listen to us on any one of the NFC East blog, podcast, networks here at SB Nation. You can also watch us on the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel or the blog from the Boys YouTube channel where you will see myself. I'm a little bit under the weather. R.J. Ochoa and himself representing the team that's going to lose to the worst baseball team to ever live. Uh, Philadelphia Phillies losing to the Angels on Wednesday. BLG, happy Wednesday for us and the listeners. That's a rare occasion that that happens.
1: I didn't know the Phillies could lose to themselves, considering they are the losingest <laughs> team in all of sports um interesting distinction there for the angels, but uh, I'm looking back at our last mixtape episode since it has been a while um have had some scheduling issues, I would say, and uh I'm looking here, I'm buying time it was you two weeks ago since the sixteenth, yeah, you're right one twenty five yeah. is this episode,
0: yeah, so one twenty five Uh, We were not able to get off the ground last week, so apologies there. And we're not out in your Wednesday morning feed. Uh, This should be dropping on Wednesday afternoon. A little bit later than usual for our afternoon slide of BTB, but, you know, we're making lemonade here. Um, So it's Wednesday for you. It's Wednesday for us. The the rare situation where that happens to be true. 53-man rosters are effectively set across the NFL. There's still a little bit of settling in that has to happen. Uh, Practice squads getting filled out. Uh we're now Brandon at the point where we can finally start charging forward towards week one.
1: Looks like that was a Chargers pun, but it doesn't really make any sense. Um there's a lot to get to, RJ, that we have because we have not talked in so long. Uh we haven't talked since what? The Eagles and Cowboys. They only played one preseason game, I guess the last time we talked um at that time cuz we did not review the second one
0: and then right. they played a third one this past week obviously so so a lot yeah. has happened <laughs> we also haven't spoken since the washington commanders won or had the greatest preseason win of all time uh knocking mm. off the you know the eagles couldn't but the commanders could so
1: transitive properties suggest that the commanders are a better team than the Eagles this year well we'll get to the commanders because there's definitely something that is overdue to talk about and the moment has passed but definitely I feel like it needs to be addressed on this show but uh getting into I guess some of the big picture Eagles takeaways as rosters are now settled for the time being obviously there'll be some tweaking but for the most part they are in place I think the big thing that people are looking at with the Eagles in terms of concerns, RJ is the Punter backup quarterback. Punter. Yeah. Well, Punter is definitely sure. up there. Uh, they did cut Aaron Sipas, their punter who made a terrible mistake in the Super Bowl and also was terrible. I think people forget this. He also stunk in the playoffs in 2021, like that season. He had punts of 27. Or it's like 29, 37, and 37 in that you're game. You're
0: saying he, the the one playoff game against Tampa? Is that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, like
1: he was terrible. Like he was okay. a disaster in that game as well. So, like, why would you bring him back for a third season just to maybe see if he stinks in the playoffs again and it's horrible? Like, why would you do that? Like, literally just bring in any other punter and see if he can be better. So uh they, they, the Eagles did bring Sipas back to the practice squad. So he's I think that's just a placeholder move. I think they're gonna try to find a new punter. If punter is one of your biggest issues, that really says a lot about that you have a lot of other good things going on i think the real biggest issue that i was going to get into before you brought up punter was backup quarterback because marcus Mariota did not look good in the preseason and i think some people think tanner mckee who the eagles drafted in the sixth round and did look good should be the quarterback too i'm not there yet i think you have to give Mariota the benefit of the doubt in terms of his experience uh and i do think he for all his faults as a thrower which is a, a big deal he can still run the ball effectively so that's something I feel like you can if he only has to play for let's say like one game maybe you can get through that game where he only needs to throw like 18 passes or something and you just run the heck out of the ball including runs with him uh if he goes down for a longer time and he can't throw then at that point I think you have to turn the keys over to McKee, even though he's a rookie I like I would I, I think people are almost underreacting to his preseason in terms of like oh well you just have to ride him no matter what i agree in terms of he's the first guy up but i would not just like continue to play him uh if he sucks uh
0: well i asked at the beginning of the preseason because he there were reports i mean obviously from you as well that camp was not going well for him i asked if he was like a a sneaky name to not make the 53-man roster um something i like to kind of like a way I like to put things in perspective, like where would you say he was in terms of making it? Like, I see like the 52nd player or 53rd, you know what I mean? Like no. what's his like threshold?
1: No, I mean, I think I never, there was some, you know, speculation out there. Like NFL.com did an article with potential surprise roster cuts. And then Mike Florio had floated that Mariota could potentially be cut. Didn't none of that was like sourced at any point. They, no one was saying they heard anything, but the fact that it kept coming up made me wonder if someone, you know, was kind of hearing something behind the scenes, but I mean, again, how many backups do have, like, playoff experience? That's, that's not nothing. And also, one thing I will say in defense of Marcus Mariota is that Gardner Minshew also didn't look great last... I don't think... I, I think it's possible that Mariota has actually looked better, if not just, like, equally bad, as Minshew did at this time last year. And Mariota is not working with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard in a starting offensive line. I think if you you know you give him those things, I think you can reasonably expect him to be... Not great necessarily, but like less worse. So, uh, yeah, I'm not as worried about that as others. And also, if he has to play for a long amount of time anyway, and your season's probably DOA. You know what I mean? It's not like you can realistically expect every backup to be Nick Foles who wins the Super Bowl.
0: Um, who's the best backup in the NFL? I was thinking about this. I have an answer. Um, but I don't, I don't even feel like supremely confident in my answer. Um, Trey Lance, babe. No, I'm kidding. We'll get to uh, that. My answer is Andy Dalton. <sighs> I mean, because you said, like, well, you but, love Andy Dalton. But, like, to your point, like, how many backups have, like, Mariota barely has playoff experience? You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm not saying Andy's got, like, a the lot games of. like is not nothing for a backup. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, Andy Dalton has, like, a lot of, you know, starting experience in the regular season and in the playoffs. Again, not necessarily playoff wins, but, um, again, I'm not, like, banking on the Panthers or anything, but it just it was an I mean, interesting Toby question. Toby Brissett, I guess, is up there. I don't I know. I suppose. Um, Anyway, uh, well, either way, Taylor Heineke. That's true. Uh, with his, uh, good did, for a did he ever, did he ever post the Jordans that he bought for beating the Eagles? All right. Anyway,
1: uh, well, I, don't I why see, you Think about that so much.
0: It's because if you're not gonna post a the picture, then it's worthless. You <laughs> know what I'm saying, like, you, like, no. For all the ones you get, like, every time you buy one, you have to take a picture, like with and so put you're it telling
1: with. Me you have Eagle shoes on your mind a lot.
0: <laughs> no, I'm saying I have Taylor Heineke's bit you're on my bringing mind. Bringing it up. No, but what I'm saying is like what he should do is like you know how um, they'll give away the game balls and they'll put like on one of the like ends like the score that like he should you know share that you know what I'm saying like I I got these shoes because whatever 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 I just want to see the payoff it's, it means nothing if you're just talking about it aimlessly so all
1: right um, well when I get to a positive because I brought up a negative about the Eagles one of the positives is that Jalen Carter is seeming like the real deal and look you have to keep. Expectations for any rookie in check, especially when it comes to defensive linemen, like defensive tackles. You just don't see defensive tackles come into the NFL in like, all right, instant double-digit sack guy. That's just not the precedent at all. I think Jalen Carter has like four and a half sacks, and you know, isn't obviously struggling. Struggling. Um, I think that's a really good season for him. I think it's possible he exceeds that. I think it's possible he just might be the exception. And don't just take it from me um Bo wolf from the athletic did a poll of all of the not all of the players on the roster but a lot of players uh on the eagles roster and he does this every year it's a good like annual activity he asked everyone like who do you think is going to have a big year he doesn't you know he's not like leading them into saying a certain name he just asked them and he gets a, a, a big sample of, of players here and a lot of players said jalen carter and I think that's that's interesting because I don't think veterans are always just no, so like deferential to rookies like that. And some of the – it's not just that he's getting praised. It's like the, the extent of this praise. Look at what Rashad Penny had to say about Jalen Carter, RJ. This is the full quote. I'm a big fan of my running back room. I'm pretty sure the running back room. But if I just had to say anybody, I mean Jalen Carter, parentheses, laughs. I've never seen anything like that since playing against Aaron Donald. He's got the intangibles for sure. Like that's, that's pretty crazy praise. And I'm happy he's like a new guy too. It hasn't that he's been in here forever. I, like, and then you go on down the list, Jordan Milata, Dallas Goddard, um, DeAndre Swift, like who played at Georgia. So, you know, that's worth pointing out, but like, this is a very high praise Lane Johnson in there as well. So I think Jalen Carter might be the real deal. Um, I'm not denying that he's a talented football
0: player by any stretch, and I'm not trying to be pessimistic, but like, whoa, teammates say their teammate is going to be really good in the upcoming NFL season. Like, I mean, again, I'm just, I'm like, there's enough reason to believe without the fluff that is like Rashad Penny, you know, referencing Aaron Donald. That's all I'm
1: saying. He, he, bull, so he bulldozed Joel Batonio to the ground. I was, I don't think, I don't know if we talked about that on the podcast since we last talked, but yeah, I saw him just, it was insane. He just, Joel Batonio. Is, you're talking about a five-time um, Pro Bowler, a two-time First Team All-Pro. Jim Carter just shoves him into the ground. Like that's can we that's talk?
0: Crazy. Can we talk about Alberto?
1: We can. The Eagles made a trade as they are wont to do, and I don't know. I mean, he's probably going to be like a fourth tight end, third, fourth tight end here. Um, I know you're not like hip to like you don't play fantasy
0: or Madden or anything like that, but and so I don't know if you know He's like really popular in that. I mean, I Real. follow
1: fantasy people on Twitter, so right. I like, certainly see the conversation.
0: There's there's like a hive. There's an Alberto hive that really believes he, he can be something special. I saw that, uh, and that was one of the like, oh, he's going to get waves, and then, oh, just kidding, like seventh round pick or whatever. What is, isn't it even like a conditional seventh or something like that? Uh, yeah,
1: I don't know the conditions on that, but I did see there was a condition uh, on both sides. Also, I feel like he is your new, uh, in terms of the fantasy community, your new Rico Gathers. Is that a good comp?
0: Well, he's been that. That's what I'm saying. Like he, you know, you're you're a little bit late to that. If you're thinking he's just now that, that's like people have been saying that for a long time. He's also, um, like on Madden, he's got uh, some of the like high, like he has one of the higher speed ratings of all tight ends. It's like like on on Madden teams, it's a popular thing to get him to play tight end for your particular
1: Madden team. Are you familiar with his speed? Like he is like legitimately. Yeah, I mean, again,
0: I'm the one telling you this information, so I don't know. Does he
1: run then? If you know how fast? I don't
0: know his 40 time, but I mean, I know that
1: 449. So he's and very he's fast, six five two sixty. That's insane. That's like that's a, that's very fast.
0: Um, you also have Isaiah Rogers as a note here that you wanted to discuss.
1: Uh, Isaiah Rogers, I mean, I had that before, like more interesting things happened, but kind of like a, it's a very Hallie Roseman move. The Colts cut Isaiah Rogers because of he gambled. <laughs> like okay, uh, I forget, I, I forget, I think the specific bet he made was out there too. He bet like the over on like rushing or like it's just it wasn't even like team wins. It was a very innocuous thing. And, you know, the Colts cut him to send a message or whatever. And um, now it's kind of like a fun thing for the Eagles because he's suspended for the whole season. We'll have to apply for reinstatement after this year. But basically, it's just like, you know, a free shot at this guy on your 90-man offseason roster next year. And Darius Slay, James Bradbury, both over 30. Why not add a younger, another young corner into the mix? Um, he's 25 years old. He's had some success with kick returns. I think he was actually like PFF, something like his like their fifth greatest highest graded cornerback last year like something crazy obviously you know smaller sample size and take the pff grades for what they're worth but um you know taking a chance on a guy like that for basically no risk is a good move
0: um yeah i mean it's interesting seeing a player that has that particular suspension like coveted by another nfl team like you know especially with how hard the NFL has come down on players who have been involved in gambling. You would imagine that, like, they'd be like, no, nobody can touch these players. But, I mean, I guess Calvin Ridley did get traded, to be fair. Right. Uh, but um, that was interesting. I I really did think that was interesting. Um, Anything else? Any surprise cuts or
1: surprise keeps or anything like that on the Eagles end? We're still on Derek Barnett trade watch. It sounds like the Eagles – i don't think they're just rushing to trade him for anything kind of like they did with our old friend jalen rager who got cut by the vikings by the way and thus the eagles cannot get a twenty twenty-four fifth um fifth round or sorry fourth round pick now it's it's going to stay at a fifth round pick because there were conditions in there based on jalen rager performance um but no not really i mean we'll see if Barnett gets moved i'm not expecting that but i guess it's possible um the Eagles have a good roster. I don't know what else there's to say. They had a couple guys get claimed. Kayvon Wallace to the Cardinals. There's a Jonathan Gannon connection there. Josh Hills offensive lineman to the Colts. There's a Shane Steichen connection there. Typically, when you get you have players who get claimed, that says you know that's kind of like a good thing to say about your roster. On the flip side, if you don't claim players, typically uh, it's because well, one, you're good and you're low in the order, like the Eagles are, but also it could be because like you don't need to claim players. Whereas the Cardinals again, who are terrible, they claim six players. Well, they're, so. they're claiming to, like, get looks at all these dudes. I
0: mean, like, the tank is so on. Um, it's amazing how both Jonathan Gannon and Shane Steichen, um, I mean, well, obviously the Colts and Cardinals were disastrous last year, but, like, I feel like they've only become bigger jokes, like, as the offseason has gone along. And I mean, my thoughts on the Colts are very clear, and I'm not advocating for paying a running back, but it feels like they messed up their running back situation way worse
1: than anybody else did. You know what I mean? I mean the Jonathan Taylor thing. Sure. I mean, how is this going to come to a result that the Colts even want to see? Like, what's going to happen? They're not Nothing. going to get anything for him, and he's also he's... not going to get paid. Like, who wins? It's a, it's a lose. Everyone loses. No team gets him. So they don't. <laughs> bet. Like, it's just a lose. All, it's all lose situation. It's. I mean, I don't know, but.
0: Um, anyway, know. but anyway, Colts, they're bad. So, uh, are we ready to move on from the Eagles? I guess so. Uh, so I, and I'm, I know this has happened to you at certain points in your life with something going on, whatever, excuse me. Like I said, a little bit under the weather, uh, last Friday evening, getting ready to have dinner with my family, super excited, chill Friday night. Um, you know, I was in the back of the house doing something real quick. I was coming in to sit down and eat, and then I get the alert that the Cowboys have traded for Trey Lance. And like, actually at that (laughs) moment, um, my phone (laughs) blew up for like a variety of reasons. But among the things uh, were uh, texts and slacks from all of our friends and coworkers. Uh, like Pete Tweeney texted me it was like "RIP Friday Night." Justice Mosqueda slacked me it was like "Good luck." Like everybody was just like like <laughs> everybody kind of knows like what that is. Um, you and stats are blowing me up, and um, and like you just can't get to everything. But uh, it was it was a real shock in the moment that uh, I think has aged well over the last whatever it's been now four days, five days, um, and so yeah, Trey Lance is a cowboy. Uh, Will Greer is not. um, That was the kind of story going into Saturday night's preseason finale was that he was not going to be on the team. He balled out, had four total touchdowns. I don't know if you saw um, on Wednesday he signed with the Bengals practice squad. So they're obviously in a bit of a tenuous situation. We don't know exactly what the situation is with Joe Burrow. uh, But so good for Will Greer. Uh, No massive surprises from a Cowboys roster standpoint. I'm, I'm just throwing out all relevant things and so you could pick what you want. Um, they did have Isaiah land, one of their promising pass rushers who they, uh, who they waived. He did get claimed by Shane Steichen, the Indianapolis Colts.
1: The Trey Lance thing is very funny for listeners of our podcast, but also the once upon a time the look Ahead, for, as well as people know, our good friend, Rob stats, Guerrera, because there's no bigger Trey Lance guy than stats and
0: uh think- this is an important piece of context last hmm. year i think it was july 4th last year uh you yep. me oh y- yeah right. yeah you me stats and pete uh we did um i think we each like the ultimately we each picked five players that we thought could win mvp uh mm-hmm. for last season and i think it was a draft and i believe, correct me if i'm wrong stats is like First or second pick was Trey Lance. I don't think it was uh, first
1: pick, but it, was it, it wasn't It too high. It, and it, it shouldn't was, have been yeah. there at all.
0: Yeah, it was ridiculous. Um, at
1: the time, that's not just hindsight, obviously. Like right. at the time, we all thought that was insane. Right. And because his logic was like, I'm not trying to rag on stats, but his logic was like, well, if, you know, Jimmy G can do it, then Trey Lance has to be better. It's like, well, what if he's not though? What if he? I thought the works? logic,
0: the logic was fair because, like, the, my logic behind picking Kirk Cousins last year was that I thought Justin Jefferson would have a stupid monster season, which he did. And that that would, you know, generally when something like that happens, like that player gets offensive player of the year and the quarterback benefits by way of things like MVP. So that was my line of thought with Kirk. And he had a similar line of thought, right? Like, oh, the Niners are going to be really good. He's going to be the quarterback. He has the, like, the new starter energy around him. That's a popular vibe for the MVP. Uh, But it really was just super silly. Um, It is a fourth round pick. Uh, The Cowboys have now dealt a few uh, 2024 picks already. Um, and they're expected to get a couple of the comp picks as well. Um, this is, uh, an interesting thing. Um, I think, so it's important context for the would be trolls, akau. uh, Dak Prescott, his cap number for next year is almost $60 million. That's six zero. Uh, he has a no tag clause. He has a no trade clause. The idea of anybody other than Dak Prescott being the starting quarterback for the Cowboys, not just in 2024, but in 25, 26 and 27 is
1: not fathomable right People now. People would have said so, the same thing about Carson Wentz when the Eagles. Well, Johnson I
0: Gears. mean, but that's just the reality of the – I'm telling you that, like, could could context change? Eagles, Absolutely. Eagles
1: took the biggest dead cap hit in NFL I, history. Again, I'm
0: not, I'm not saying it's impossible because, to your point, it's literally happened. But, like, on paper, that's what it looks like. And what's more is the Cowboys will have to decide in the offseason after probably not seeing Trey Lance at all if they want to pick up his fifth-year option in an offseason where they are going to give Dak Prescott an enormous amount of money. So they're going to have all that money tied up in two quarterbacks. That seems unlikely to me. Um, the most likely sort of uh, path for this, and sorry to BTBers who have heard our conversations about this, Brandon insisted on talking about this. Uh, but well, I understand. It's not need... only Cowboys fans who listen. Well, to no, show, no, I right understand. Uh, but um, the most likely path is that next year Trey Lance battles it out with Cooper Rush because the Cowboys can't get out of his deal that they gave him this offseason uh, to be the primary backup quarterback for the team, and that Trey enters a contract year if he balls out for whatever reason in the preseason they're able to flip him who knows that's the way I see this most
1: likely unfolding 99 out of 100 times my problem with the I guess evaluation of Trey Lance or like I think my problem with stats and maybe this could carry over into people who believe it for the Cowboys as well is like just because Trey Lance was taken third overall doesn't necessarily mean he's a great player I think people have a at least Stats does in my mind, have a really hard time like separating that thing. It's possible the 49ers took a player who should have never gone in that spot. And also it's possible that even though he hasn't played a lot and hasn't got a lot of reps, it's not just, I I think the problem is like, you're like, oh, it's the mystery box. It could be anything. Well, yeah, that means he also could be terrible. And also you can know that because if he was just so good, then why is he losing or at least not clearly winning, not clearly leaving no doubt he's head and shoulders above sam freaking darnold like why can't he do that i don't want to hear that it was rigged for darnold to win and lance couldn't have done anything that's bs lance absolutely could have gone out there and made it undeniable that he was better than darnold and he didn't do that there's a um
0: there's an old adage i'm sure you've heard this before um that most players have to prove that they can play in the nfl right Uh, But if you're a first round pick and if you're a first round quarterback specifically, you have to prove that you can't play, right? Like for people to kind of stop giving you chances. I think Sam Darnold is an example of that, right? Like he's, he was a former third overall pick himself. And so like, because of that draft status, that will always follow you and always kind of, you know, lend to someone giving you the benefit of the doubt saying, well, I don't know, man, you know, back in, in Darnold's case, 2018, and Lance's case 21, like, you know, that team thought this and that, whatever. Um, I mean, I agree with you, which is, but look, like, All that aside, like that's the Niners
1: issue. Like the Cowboys aren't the ones on the getting into the Cowboys part of it all. I think it's an interesting move to parse because I think you can say, hey, from the Cowboys perspective, you know, this is a relatively low cost to take on the upside of Trey Lance, which there is still theoretical upside. And for the cost of a fourth, yeah, you're interested to take a look at that. He's only still 23 years old. That's pretty crazy. Turned 23 in May. So, yeah, I'm not saying the book is closed on him. They, um, the
0: Cowboys have talked for three years now about drafting a quarterback and it just hasn't happened. Um, the last quarterback they drafted was Ben DiNucci in the seventh round of the 2020 draft. Um, and so they, they talk about that every year. That is, I I really don't know if you know this, but that's a Mike McCarthy staple is to kind of always have a third dude who you're developing. Um, and we saw Josh Dobbs get traded, right? We've seen in the past Gardner Minshew get traded. I even told you that time that I loved the Gardner Minshew trade. So from that standpoint, like a super low cost, this, this is. This is and will always be a game and a league where the quarterbacks are the most valuable assets. So for an incredibly low price, if you can potentially unearth something, and if he does turn into your starter, great. If he turns into somebody and and you deal with whatever that is, if that really does come to pass, or if he turns into a commodity that you can flip for something else, awesome. But I mean, they got, I, I think, so it's important to contextualize the emergency third quarterback rule, which I know you know about because the Niners I was had, bring that had up. some had some uh, so th- some thoughts about this over the offseason. Um so if anyone doesn't know, because we you know sometimes people they think they know these rules, but they don't. Um if you have a third quarterback on your 53-man roster, they do not count against your 46-man active game day roster. However, mm-hmm. they can enter the game if you're starting two quarter or your first two quarterbacks are both injured, which is again, the situation that plagued the Niners in the NFC championship game. So Trey Lance now serves in that capacity, right? He gets to dress every week. um, And I'm not saying that he's awesome, but like who's, who's a QB three in the NFL. That's better than that, or has a higher ceiling than that. Nobody. I mean, and so to get that for a fourth round pick, I mean, if you can deal with the silly trolls and hair, you know, headlines and narratives or whatever, it's totally worth it. It's a smart thing. I'm really, I I was initially upset because I was pre annoyed at all of the, the like conversation, but it really, it's a, it's an indication of a team that's always thinking and always planning.
1: That's the upside. I don't think there is zero downside. I would not agree with that. I think you make a pros and you can say the pros outweigh the cons, but the cons are real. And I think the con is that for a team that is positioned itself to be in this, you know, Super Bowl window now pushing now, not thinking as much of a long-term, maybe it's most important. I think it's fair to like posit or wonder if it's most important to keep your starting quarterback happy. And a lot of rooms, a lot of quarterback, hold on. A lot of quarterback rooms, your third quarterback is a guy who isn't necessarily this amazing upside player as much as he's a guy that the, the starting quarterback likes and helps him get prepared and stuff like that. And you can wonder what the value of that actually is, it might not be valuable at all. I don't know. But I think it's not nothing. It is more than nothing that Dak Prescott like clearly wasn't thrilled with this move, not just from a standpoint. I, I think you, you, you will say that too much is being made of Lance being brought in as much as Will, will Greer just going out in this environment where it wasn't even anything like merit had the most thing to do with it it's just about like well we just want upside we don't care about necessarily who deserved that third quarterback spot or his value to the team um in the role that he played that Dak seemed to like at some level i, I don't think he would say what he said without having some kind of feelings like that so i think that is the downside it could create not like this massive rift the entire locker room falls apart but it, it's an unnecessarily like bad thing that the cowboys might be welcoming
0: so To clarify, and we've done our best at BTB to contextualize this, um, it does seem like the primary emotion, and these are like, this is my assessment um, from Dak Prescott's comments Saturday night after the game that he called, by the way, did a great job as the team's office. That was really cool. Like, I think that's cool when teams do stuff like that. Uh, But anyway, um, was a level of upsetness over the treatment or whatever you want to call it of Will Greer. That's his guy, they've been together for a while. Um, and you, I mean, if you're in the NFL and you know how precious opportunities are again, back to the, like, you know, somebody like Will Greer has to prove that he can play and that he belongs. And somebody like Trey Lance can really have this unique, you know, NFL career that's so void of opportunity and still have all these people willing to believe in him. I can understand how that would bother you. Like if you are somebody who's in that world, um, and while that is fair and, you know, kind of Dak Prescott to have Will Greer's back at the end of the day. I mean, like get the better player, get, get like, you know what I mean? Like if, as a fan of the team, like get, get the best possible situation. Like, and so if Dak really is upset about that, we had an article go out um today, actually on Wednesday at our site that Jess Haney wrote. Um, And again, I don't think that Dak was like, how dare the Cowboys do this? Whatever, blah, blah. But he was like, that would be really hypocritical of Dak anyway. Like Dak's whole career was born out of the Cowboys doing I that exact that same thing. Mm-hmm. um you know and then it, it actually happened with you know kellen Moore getting hurt and tony roma getting hurt um so i don't think there's a rift or anything like that um i don't think i mean it's worth mentioning that the buffalo bills were a team who was also in on the Trey lance thing um i'm not saying Dak and josh john to the same thing but they're similar situations in that you have this unquestioned starter And Trey Lance needs that. He needs a place kind of like what Mitchell Trubisky had at Buffalo, like a place where you can go in and it's not a question whatsoever. You're just the dude who's there to kind of help retool his image, et cetera, et cetera. And then somebody else will give you a shot down the road, like they did with Carson Wentz or Andy Dalton or whoever the case may be, Sam Darnold now in San Francisco as well.
1: I mean, I kind of disagree from the standpoint of he needs reps (laughs) more than anything. This is a guy who's not played. He needs to play. I agree.
0: I mean, like, that's that's why I'm like, I don't think he'll – He'll be of use to them this year. Like, you know, like because the reps he'll get will not come until OTAs and mini camp and training camp next year. Um, so Trey Lance really is on ice. And he's, but he's this really theoretically talented person who is on ice. I mean, like, again, I love Will Greer and I wish him nothing but the best in Cincinnati. But if, you know, if we had to smash the glass on the third quarterback for the Cowboys and they had to go play the Eagles or whoever, I'm not saying I feel great, but I feel much better about the idea of Trey Lance just having some sort of talent unveil itself than Will Greer. We know what Will Greer is in the NFL. He couldn't beat out Cooper Rush, you know, to be the primary backup for the Cowboys. We don't fully know, again, in a theoretical sense what Trey Lance is. So I will always take that upside on a position like QB Three.
1: Well, I mean, Jerry Jones couldn't get the real quarterback he wanted to replace Dak Prescott. And that was Jalen Hurts. <laughs> this, so this was also for Trey Lance.
0: <laughs> this was also really dumb. Um so he had the quote about um uh, I I'm sure you know now, but he didn't mention Jalen's name. This is really well known. I thought that's why I'm kind of shocked. Jalen was a visit. Oh, it was a virtual visit, but uh, he was a thirty visit of the Cowboys in.
1: Yeah, but I mean, it's different to say that, and then like hey, we wanted to, we were going to draft him. That's not no, the but, same thing. But that's I, not the I think exact that, same thing.
0: That does speak to like what they've they've wanted to have that development quarterback. Like <laughs> teams that makes don't sense. necessarily
1: want to draft every single player they bring in for a thirty visit. Definitely again, that's not they, true.
0: They thought very highly of Jalen Hurts, sure. rightfully so. And Jalen Hurts thought highly of them. Remember, he had the Cowboys, uh, whatever it was, locker plate thing in the background of him. So, like again, I'm just saying this was like a really well known thing. I, I mm-hmm. thought I can't probably I, I was surprised at the legs that this got. I thought it was
1: universally understood by now. Do you think Jerry Jones would take Jalen Hurts over Dak Prescott today if he could just pick between the two? Same contract.
0: No, I don't. Um, no. Okay, no. Um, you also have here that the Ringer projects the Cowboys to have yeah. the top defense in the NFL.
1: Yeah, that's from Shil Kapadia. Um, it's just, I don't think it's crazy, obviously, but it's just, it is funny though, right? In terms of, we've, I think one of the most common refrains on this show since we've been doing it is that defense is not sticky year to year. And yet it has been somehow here, which is like, okay, maybe the Cowboys are the exception. Maybe Dan Quinn, that is the exception. But it's just, you know, it can be hard to bet on the exception and count on that definitely happening. So I don't like, I don't, I, it, it it's not an unreasonable projection when I look at it, but I also don't like. Where's is my confidence level? You know, like full? No, it's not.
0: Um. So I mean, you're right. Like a year ago, I was like, "There's no way they're gonna have as many takeaways. They had more. Um, They were the first team since the 1970 Steelers to uh, lead the league in takeaways and back-to-back years. So they kind of like they they are the exception already. You know what I'm saying? Like so. But to that point, it's like, can you continue to be the exception? Like that's even more difficult. I I do so I agree with our point, obviously that it's difficult for defenses or or defensive success to stick, but think about like the Niners. Like we've seen this like kind of little mini run where they haven't been the best defense in the NFL for like the last five years, but they've consistently been in that mix. Like I think that's a fair kind of expectation for the Cowboys and what they're doing. It certainly helps that they have talented players like Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs and you know, whatever. But I think that, I don't know that I think they'll be the best defense in the NFL. I certainly think that's possible, but I do think that they're the best defense in the NFC East, which is applicable to this conversation, at least. I mean, I don't know that saying much. Well, no, I mean, but I mean, the Eagles had an amazing defense last year. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I, but I, just... I think it's, I, this isn't meant to be a shot, but like because of the talent changeover or turnover, like and the loss of Jonathan Gannon, even though he sucked, and was terrible and blah, blah, blah. Like, I think it's more likely that the Eagles regress to the mean than the cow. Like, who did the Cowboys lose defensively? You know what I mean? Like that—that that was a big deal. Was that Dan Quinn returned? That they got all their kind. Con- Leighton Van Der Esch, Donovan Wilson came back. They added. It was um. It's worth mentioning that since we last recorded, Demarvion Overshown towards ACL, uh, in the preseason game in Seattle. He was expected to be a big contributor. But something that's really interesting. How many linebackers are on the Eagles' fifty-three man roster?
1: We currently have three although they've been using one of their safeties kind of in a hybrid linebacker that's role. the new
0: that's the new way in mm-hmm. the nfl i mean the cowboys have three off-ball linebackers on their team uh, and they have Marquise bell who's you know creeping up playing in the box whatever they have J. Ron curse who can do the same thing like i don't i mean i wouldn't be shocked if like for most of the season the cowboys roll out with like five safeties like you know what i mean that's just kind of the new age you know defensive way to roll in the nfl all
1: right i feel like we are Have we gone proper time on the Cowboys? Yes, 15 minutes, 15 minutes. All right, right. let's take
0: a break and hear a word from our sponsors.
1: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
0: Welcome back. While we were gone, Brandon, you told me your thoughts
1: on the Barbie movie. I've not seen it yet. Uh, My friends Jess and Emma still want, I think they want me to go with them specifically, but they definitely want me to see it. But I have not seen it yet. Uh, What do you think our sponsors would say if they could only say one word, since we're hearing one word from them? barbie that would be the word in this yeah. case not a sponsor um, though
0: i don't know maybe we, maybe we get barbie to sponsor us yeah but will we get the the toy or the movie Well, not both go for it all that's more than one word though you know what i mean mm. but um well, you said barbie that's fair How um, i really do want to see it i don't know when i'll get to it's usually like a, i have to wait till i, stuff you, is I can't believe you haven't yet I haven't been to the movies. I thought about this like six months ago. The last movie I saw in theaters was Avengers Endgame. That was the last movie I saw in theaters. Uh, I do remember you yeah. saying this before. Uh, so that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not opposed to seeing it. It's just, you know, like where I'm at in life. Like, you've got to be streamable. Like, I haven't seen the Flash movie. And I know that there's um there's like mixed reviews on this. But it, it hit HBO Max. Or I guess it's called Max now. Um, So I'm excited um to finally get to see it. You're doing the Twitter thing, but with HBO Max. Yeah, I've done that joke too many times now to where like I hate myself every time I'm like, oh yeah, on Twitter, or I guess we're going it. Just call the name that makes
1: sense. Max does not make sense. That is not descriptive. That's confusing. Just call it and it's HBO anyway. It's called it HBO Max. The only thing I mean.
0: would push back against you on with that is they have properties that aren't just HBO. So it's fair to call it something that like is representative of what the product really is. You know, like if you call it HBO Max, it's not. It's it's more than that. No, it is. Definitely is. I guess that's true though for like Disney Plus, because they like Marvel things. I know that's owned
1: by Disney, but I've um... been checking out Ahsoka. I'm a couple episodes in. No spoilers, but um, Yeah. We watched start... the f- We watched I'm the int- first two episodes. I'm very intrigued, like conceptually, about the season, but I'm I'm more intrigued than I am um like satisfied, I should say, to this point. Um
0: have you seen Secret Invasion?
1: I watched like half of the first episode and i have just had not even a desire to go back to it yeah i'm like a completionist and i feel like i have to because i like to see everything but it's a tough it's a tough time based on some of the things i had read about it as well
0: yeah i uh i think i told steven this um i finally watched guardians of the galaxy volume three again i would have loved to send it in theaters but you know so once it was finally streamable
1: dude holy crap it ruled it was amazing so yeah liked it for sure i like i like when marvel does movies that are um like its own genre you know it's not just like another superhero movie it's like a superhero movie but it's like a summer blockbuster like it right. has a different it lives in its own world in addition to being a marvel movie
0: um last thing and then we can get to the giants um that song dog days are over um by um machine. thank you thank you um that's the like ultimate final montage of really a movie is. song like <laughs> it's so it was so perfect uh but it could work for anything You know what I mean? Like any kind of group celebration, it it would be great for us. It's a good call Uh, by you. Um, they have another great song uh, that I really like. Um, Shake it off. Thank you. Uh, good job. Look at you. Um, maybe one of those will be my songs today. Who knows? But anyway, uh, the New York Football Giants. Jalen Hyatt looks like he's a real thing. It's a bummer.
1: Yeah, we've been seeing that. Um, I mean, I think you brought this up on the SB Nation NFL show. What do you say about him? Something like. Yeah, this shouldn't be surprising. This was, like, a, a highly rated guy, and maybe people overthought it. And- yeah, it was like like Sam Howell.
0: Um, it, you know, like you talked about, like, it was, you know, if he had gone out the year before, you know what I mean, that he ultimately did, that there was a lot more hype around him. Like, a year ago, when college football was starting, everybody was like, Jalen Hyatt, Jalen Hyatt, Jalen Hyatt, Hyatt. And then sometimes the draft process can lead to, you know, scouts and evaluators, like, falling in love with certain things and falling out of love with others. And, yeah, it turns out the really good
1: football player is a really good football player it's it's funny though with some of that it's like well what if this really fast incredible deep threat like isn't good at you know running a 10 yard curl route like what are we talking about here who cares like shut up Like, like, like if he can be really effective like it's like oh he's a one trick pony okay like people used to say that about deshaun jackson one trick pony first of all not true second of all he does that one trick really, really, yeah, like, really well. E-
0: even if it were true, that's fine. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, I, like, I'm super fine with the trick that is a here?
1: 75-yard touchdown every game. Yeah, for sure. Um, I I do I do worry about high. I do think he could... I think the Giants are, like, due for their own... Because, like, they were tortured by Deshaun so much. I feel like they're due for their own version of that, and I am worried that, you know, I obviously have to see it to fully believe that Hyatt is going to be someone of Deshaun's level, but I feel like he's going to be... Even if he's not that consistent he's still going to be like an annoying player to have to deal with he might just pop up every once in a while and like later career to sean basically who tortured the cowboys as recently as what 2021 thanksgiving with the raiders did you and you predicted that by the way did did you see that hyatt changed numbers i was so
0: pumped because he had number 84 it's a great jersey number for a receiver um he switched to 13 so which is fine Uh, it's it's okay yeah, it's, it's still good, but
1: I would have preferred him staying an 84 person. Mm, I think his game, spe- like a fast guy I'd rather see in the teens as opposed to like a bigger, ex- like an A.J. Brown, who's uh, funny. Oh, A.J. would be a great 84. But, but, totally yeah, or great. 81. Yeah. like he's a yeah, like, it, great it makes point. makes so much sense. Although the Eagles' eight font isn't great, so that's its own whole thing. But yeah, in, in, a, in a vacuum, if we're talking about the jersey number analytics, hashtag so, jersey number analytics of it all.
0: So Jalen Hyatt, uh, Wondell Robinson activated from the pup list. Jamison Crowder is out um none of that's, I mean, that's really shocking I don't it's think.
1: it's not shocking but it's big like the robinson thing because he was like he was coming on a little bit but right before he got hurt i would have been it would have been interesting to see if he could have stayed healthy and not that you know that makes a world's difference for where the Giants' season ultimately ended up but i think he was starting to come on a little bit uh so i'm interested to see that how about this note it's not in the sheet i think if i'm not mistaken i believe daniel jones was the like second or third highest graded quarterback by pff in the preseason are you buying or selling that rj i saw uh, a tweet from
0: a great account
1: cowboy stats and
0: graphics so I'm, I'm making this up but um he had charted like the completions or whatever that had happened throughout giants camp and most of them were to like tight ends and running backs well um, darren waller yeah but i mean like generally like underneath stuff you know what i mean like nothing's really
1: like e- even
0: yeah jalen hyatt can be amazing but like if daniel jones isn't pulling the trigger like it really doesn't matter you know what i'm saying um so i don't know i mean i i I stand by the fact that it was the right decision to pay daniel jones they handled the saquon thing well the giants did um i mean so now it's just time they're, they're still rebuilding like it's important to keep that context they were a playoff team last year. So they won a playoff game but they're still, they're only in year two of Brian Dable. Like Mm. these things take time to fully take off.
1: Looking at their roster on our lads, their depth chart. And yeah, the receivers just aren't, no one's scaring you. They might have passable receivers, guys who are fine. I think Hyatt makes sense as a guy who scares you as a deep threat, but he's not like a volume target. You're not like, oh no, he's going to catch seven passes against us. Like that's not his kind of game. At least I don't think at this point, Uh, still feel like their offensive line can be had you know, from left to right, we're looking at Andrew Thomas, Ben Bredesen, rookie John Michael Schmitz, who's done some good things, but is a rookie, Mark Lewinsky, who's like just a guy and aging, an aging one at that. And then Evan Neal, who we've talked about is a huge kind of like X factor for the Giants. If he makes that Andrew Thomas leap from year one to year two, that would be a huge deal. If he continues to be really bad, that would also be a very big deal. If He's in between. It's probably not good enough because the rest of the offensive line there isn't really that great. So, Um, I still feel like they can be undone in that spot Uh, defensively you know I think it's a group that um, like is there a superstar in the mix here I mean Dexter Lawrence right we'll put him up there but who else who's like the most second scary player to you on the the Giants defensive side of the ball
0: the answer should be Kayvon Thibodeau he should actually be number one you know what I mean and so and maybe maybe that leap really does happen like as as games start to actually happen but like it should be that dude. You know what I'm saying? Like you're drafting a pass rusher that high, like he should come in and be like Micah Parsons. You know what I'm saying? Like he and again, that was a little bit of a weird thing, but like, um, but yeah, I mean it if it's not Kayvon, I mean a Dory possibly. Yeah. I mean, we've always been big a Dory fans, but I still think the answer is Kayvon Thibodeau, just because of the potential. Like, you know, if that right. if he that clicks, if if that clicks, then things are
1: they're cooking with a little bit of gas. That's that's a I mean, both. Evan Neal and Kayvon Thibodeau which unsurprisingly were the top picks for the Giants last year but like definitely at least one has to hit if they both don't hit then we're not cooking with guests um the
0: Washington Commanders um as mentioned we haven't spoken since they knocked off the Ravens um so on the Much subject more of,
1: notable from that well, game. hang on.
0: <laughs> on on the subject of jersey numbers uh so their streak ended at was it 24? right that was the
1: the streak. Yeah, you talked about this with clowny choosing the yeah clowny
0: chose to wear number 24 and literally the, the streak ended at 24 wow. so it was the kiss of death uh but so the streak ended it really was fun I mean I really did enjoy the like fanfare of the streak ending uh it was cool that it was on the Monday night broadcast like it did kind of feel like a normal Monday night game even though it was a preseason game um I guess though you really want to talk about the Josh Harris handshake um
1: I mean it was, come it on. was really awkward that was, was that really bad. really awkward just like in what world would that be like look i'm definitely awkward i'm not going to sit here and say i'm the smoothest operator um shout out to shade but like what context would that be a handshake in the middle of an interview in like the middle of a question it wasn't like all right and we'll see you later there's no natural end point like you're in the middle of a conversation
0: and <laughs> it's so bad dude the it's best, so the best bad. the best part was how like how much conviction he had you know what i mean like like he he just like went for it you know what i'm saying <laughs> like um it's oh, i ab-
1: also think the best part is like troy aikman like seeing it but also like not necessarily looking like making eyes down at it but like knowing it happened and he just kind of smiles <laughs> See? and he's like trying to look at um, Joe Buck to, like, get his attention or, like, acknowledge it. But, like, Joe Buck just won't look anywhere at anyone. It was oh, the
0: um, the toughest of tough scenes uh, for Josh Harris. But Tell me that's um, a good
1: vibes owner right there.
0: Dude, well, Tell the vibes me. are his Tell team. His, his, well, then get that. rid of him with the Sixers. Oh, if this you guy really I want to.
1: <laughs> yeah, thank you. I would love to.
0: Um, that is the dumbest thing that you're so upset about this. Uh, but um, Sam Howell looks legit.
1: I mean, looks – I mean, like – people overreacted people overreacted to him he, like it's all like relative expectation and relative everyone was like ready to crown him and that was too much people went way too overboard but then they overreacted to going overboard where oh actually he sucks so it's like maybe not maybe he's just not as good as you originally thought but he's still like okay and i liked that pick for the commanders at the time i thought that where they got him was like a reasonable risk to take especially carson wentz was the starter at the time and it felt like they're gonna have to have some kind of pivot plan in place how many quarterbacks are going to be better than him what's his ceiling i still think there are real questions about that but i do think there's in a a very small sample size i think there's enough to say he's not like a total joke laughable starter
0: yeah i mean like would you rather have sam howell or like
1: desmond ritter right now based on what i've seen how yeah like small sample size but how sam howell or um Josh if if you can't think I mean it totally depends on the context if you're talking about to win one game I'll take Josh Dobbs but if we're talking about over where the commanders are right now uh, yeah easily Sam Howell um
0: yeah I'm interested I'm very very interested to see this happen now uh the streak ending was very cool uh but it may have come at a price um Ron Rivera um flew a little close to the sun Terry McLaurin there's concern that he can miss the opener. If he misses just the opener, I don't think it's the biggest deal in the world. But if this is a thing that lingers and yeah. then like and next year, like in March and April, he's got to do his like normal media rounds. He's got to be like, Yeah, I just was never right after that that preseason game. Like that would be
1: super annoying if you're a Washington fan. I think that's the concern. You I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's not like, oh, he's gonna miss ten games. No, that's not the point. It's the point is like, what if this is kind of just a thing that carries over and it just never gets right fully? and at the same time like how much does it matter anyway in terms of is are the commanders what are the commanders really competing for this year like what is their ceiling can they win the division i guess like that's the if you're talking about absolute ceiling the very best case scenario that's probably the very best case scenario but okay what are you doing after that like and that's also probably a situation where the cowboys and or eagles are like totally crumbling it's, it's you're winning the division in that situation where the teams aren't as good as you thought they were, as opposed to you're just totally the juggernaut and outshining them. So um, yeah, the McLaurin injury looms large, especially as it relates to the guy we just talked about, Sam Howell, having that A1 alpha receiver, as we've seen, uh, especially last year in the NFL, when you talked about how dumb it was for all these teams to get these difference-making receivers, actually made a big difference for those teams. When you look at Tua's development, when you look at Jalen Hurts' development, um, is there anyone else I'm forgetting? I'm sure there was in there. Uh, I um,
0: I was thinking, the you know, ones. while you were speaking, I was thinking, because we brought up Josh Dobbs, I'm so grateful that the commanders are not tanking. Like if Caleb Williams wound up a commander next year, that would suck. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, we and, had them going pretty bad though. We both
1: think they're going to be pretty bad. Our day's yeah,
0: coughing. but, but there's a difference between being pretty bad and like what the Cardinals are. You know what I'm saying? Like, the Cardinals are in a very, very strange state. Um, and the Colts. I think the Colts are going to stink. Um, so, sorry, I, was, I, I saw a quote from, the, the, from Chris Ballard speaking to the Colts that, like, made me laugh, and I wanted to check the, the validity of it. Um, so he said, uh, I'm looking at an update on Twitter. He said he won't quit on his relationship with Jonathan Taylor. Relationships are repairable. We have work to do on it. And apparently was asked why they're not paying Jonathan Taylor. And his quote was, "We won four games last year, mm. yeah, I don't know that I've ever been more right about anything as I was about
1: um Chris Ballard and the Colts last year. so one thing we forgot to get to with the Giants I saw something on Twitter that just reminded me of this how many captains do they have r j Did you see this? Um,
0: I saw it was like twenty percent of the roster. I saw somebody it's put ten <laughs> i
1: that's I don't know how,
0: I don't know how that's possible because I remember distinctly like it was like twenty sixteen the Cowboys wanted to have. I think it was like seven and you can only have six. And I remember Jason Garrett at his press conference saying that they asked the NFL for a seventh and they said no. But I remember discovering that the Patriots had seven that year. And so it's kind of like, well, why do they get seven? Like there should be a limit. Like if you can just be like, oh, we're going to go with 10 this year, then that's meaningless. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what makes it precious is if, is that there's only six or whatever it is every year. Eighteen point eight
1: six seven nine two four five two eight three etc. et cetera. Percent of the roster is, is a team captain like what are we doing they did expand it i think during covid i don't know if you just said that but i remember that being a thing for some reason but that was because in theory you know like guys weren't going to potentially be available so they wanted to have a lot in that event but that's not the situation anymore so i uh, it's not like the biggest thing i'm bringing it up so it's silly it's a
0: little it's a little myself, football it's, cliche um it's just like you i know you're not watching. I know you're not watching Hard Knocks. And who are they um, again?
1: I need to look this up. I don't know all
0: 18 or whatever, like they're 10. Um, I know you're not watching Hard Knocks, but on this week's episode, uh, the Jets defensive linemen, they all put links on a chain. And as they did, everyone, as they like screwed it on, said, I will not be the weakest link. And it was just, it was was one of those things.
1: They dropped through the floor. (laughs) It was like,
0: you know, maybe if you were like in the moment, it was cool, but it was
1: just kind of awkward to watch on TV. Yeah, so. Daniel Jones, Saquon, Andrew Thomas, Darren Waller, Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, Bobby Okereke or Bobby Okereke, sorry, beginning that name wrong. Uh, Dory Jackson. Oh yeah, I got it wrong a little while ago. Apologies. Xavier McKinney and Graham Ganoil. So obviously those like are players in a vacuum relative to the Giants, who would naturally be captains. But like all of them, you need a, a tenth captain and your kicker. Like what are we doing here? It's I actually, I didn't like it
0: at first, but Mike McCarthy has rotating captains. So every week there's a new, you know, offensive, defensive, and special teams captain. I kind of like that. But, like, I like that it's, like, you, you limit it for that game. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause, And it gives everyone, like, a chance to be, like, center stage. That's kind of cool. And, like, he'll do, um, you know, like, when Jordan Lewis is playing the Lions. He's from Michigan. You know
1: what I'm saying? Like, stuff like that. Like, I think that's cool. So, I always hated how the Eagles didn't do captains for a long time because they wouldn't have the sea patches. Like, I just think that's fun though to like see a jersey. I agree, with the gold sea eventually because that means a lot. It takes a lot of years to get to that level. Like, it takes what five years, I think, of being a captain. Like, that's that says something. So,
0: in case anyone doesn't know, the sea there are stars underneath it. Um, and it's four stars, they're, they're gold, they're they're gold every year you've been a captain. So, like, if you're in your second year of captaincy, you have two gold stars and two white ones, and then after the fourth year the whole patch is gold, like yeah. the C and the square yeah. and all the stars. Cause it's your fifth year to
1: your point. Um, and for some jerseys, that looks really cool. Like certain teams that really works for, um, I guess like maybe the saints, you know, I thought Drew Brees that always look good for, cause they're like yellow and, and, black like it, it matches anyway other teams maybe not as much looks kind of um, good on the
0: packers as well um should we
1: change that should be change it from gold if you have like a color that well um, it should just be
0: like a pronoun it should be non-white you know what i'm saying like it should be a pronounced color um which would be cool but some i also like you mentioned drew Brees. sometimes players end up with too many patches you know what i mean like they have something for the team or like they're honoring something or, or walter like, Mate,
1: uh peyton man of the year patch which dak they, will have now
0: they Have well, that's that's kind of cool, like that. You know what I mean? That's a I like career, that. accomplishment. I agree, but, but I'm like, saying it's,
1: it's part of the equation there.
0: But it's like, okay, the Chiefs, like, do we really need the AFC logo, like, or whatever it is, like the, the AFL patch? You know, what they I mean? may have like,
1: forgotten which league they play in, yeah.
0: Like, that's you know, oh, let's let's move on at this point, you know, like stuff like that. That one's doing nothing for me, you know what I'm also, saying? Like, there's like five I, people who have the Walter
1: Payton one, that one's the, cool. The owner initials is come on, like, let's.
0: I, I'm I'm okay
1: with that if you want to do oh, it on wow. your sleeve. You know what I mean? Like like the Bears and the Lions do mean, okay with that. I'm being hypocritical because I mean if I own the team, I would put my initials out there. I guess like who cares? But is it a cool is it objectively a cool move? No, it's not. No one cares. Um okay, let's um why is G G S H on the Bears? Like, I know why, but I'm saying like people are gonna be like, Why is that on there? And they're gonna look it up and be like, Oh, who cares?
0: Speaking of, did you know that the Bears changed their primary logo this year? Duh Bears. Well, no, their logo, not a uh, phrase like their primary logo was always the C, like the Chicago C. It's now the bear, like the, you know, caricature or whatever. Um, so like that's their primary logo. Everybody has the primary and the secondary logos. You know what I'm saying so they switched. Um, does the P on the Phillies cap stand for Philadelphia or Phillies. Uh, let's do our songs. Rachelle got hers in early. Shout out to her. Uh, her song for the week is Suit and Tie by Justin Timberlake and Jay-Z. An incredible song. So, well done, Rachel. Wow. Um,
1: definitely have to listen to that. Yeah, You've never, never heard
0: have, the song before? I have to
1: be honest. Probably have heard it, but have not heard it in a long time. Or if I have, it's one of those songs that I know in my head, but don't know the name of, necessarily. Uh, what's your um,
0: name? I'm... I mentioned I'm under the weather, so um I'm kind of tapped out from a mental energy standpoint. I'm gonna go oh. with dog days are over by Florence to the machine. We also need it represented on the playlist at this point. So I'll follow that grenade for this. It week.
1: also makes sense from a standpoint of like the dog days of summer basically are over and we're moving mm-hmm. on to the regular season. No more training camp, no more preseason. We're we're on to the real thing soon enough. Still have what, like how many days more
0: than- Eight days until Lions Chiefs. Okay. It's going but, to be so funny when the Chiefs blow them out and all this Lions love is just like over.
1: Yeah. You're going to take the Chiefs to cover.
0: What is the line right now?
1: I bet you it's like, I think it was like eight and a half. Seven Guess and it. A half.
0: I'm I'm pulling it up, but that's. I'm going to what, say
1: uh, seven and a half.
0: It is six and a
1: half. Mm, it dropped. I remember, I think it was seven and a half earlier. I will
0: totally lay six and a half points.
1: Absolutely. That's a. Uh, yeah, I think you have to
0: seven um, and a half is
1: a little tricky though, right? Like you wouldn't feel as good as about that. I would feel totally fine. I'm yeah. Would you, would you do point. eight and a half? The two yeah. two score game?
0: I'd go up to wow. nine and a half. I'd take nine and a half. That's it though. Um wow. well, that's a big line. See. The commanders are seven point favorites
1: against the, the Chiefs are notoriously not good at covering the spread, too.
0: By the way, I did want well, I just wanted to get these spreads out of the Eagles three and a half point favorites against the Patriots. Um and the Cowboys three point favorites over the Giants. So, um, but the, um, the commanders the are playing, people, the, Giants, the, com- uh, the commanders the South are South playing. Um, uh, so the, this is important. Um, the card, I don't know if you believe that Kyler Murray is going to play at all this season. Obviously that's kind of a touch and go situation.
1: He? What's the point?
0: I don't know, but either way he's on the pup list. So he can't play the first four games of the season, no matter what, right. um, this is relevant because the first three weeks of the season for the Cardinals are at Washington and then the Giants and the Cowboys. So Kyler Murray definitely not playing those three games. Obviously, Colt McCoy is not either since they waived him or cut him. Um, but so Philadelphia, the only team that could see Kyler Murray. Additionally, um, the NFC East plays the AFC East this year, and the Commanders are the only team who plays the Buffalo Bills within the first four weeks of the regular season, and Von Miller is on the pup list. So they will definitely avoid him, uh, and obviously remains to be seen if uh, the other three teams um, could still see him.
1: Well, I am excited, obviously, for the start of the season, so maybe it doesn't make sense in some ways, but I'm also ready, as you can see, if you're watching this on the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel or the Blogging the Boys YouTube channel, I'm ready for Phillies baseball in October, baby. So I have to go with a classic that everyone's going to love, It's Time to Wake Me Up When September Ends by Green Day.
0: That's this would have been, been more apt a month from now. No, I'm saying, yeah, like now.
1: This, this would have made sense when it was ended. No, it makes sense now because I want to go to bed for a month and then wake me up when October. Let's get to that, let's get to the end of September. Let's get to the honestly, can we just all admit that October is the best month of the year and it's the only month that matters out of all 12? Come on, um, on. I thought,
0: I really thought, uh, so first NFL of all, seasons
1: in gear. Got the, uh, the phillies going to the world series again
0: first of all uh wh- how did the phillies last world series trip
1: go they won how many games three games uh two, two games? i think there was two yeah okay. well they won two uh, games <laughs> they were halfway there dude uh, uh, but
0: um i thought you were gonna go with high hopes uh because you were talking about the phillies i thought i thought that's where
1: you're gonna, you no. gonna go but um you know. i used to listen to i remember like vivid memories of listening to figure finding out about it for the first time my summer going into eighth grade about like that's when american idiot was really big and i, I just remember yeah. seeing that music video on like mtv or whatever at the time still and that's why it's in my mind wake me up on september ends good song
0: um yeah kind of a, a slow pace uh but yeah but um, it builds i don't think it builds um, it does there's a crescendo is it even on the american idiot album i mean what are you talking about Yes. i really don't know I, i'm you really I'm not sure
1: lying or misinformed of course i is. know
0: i brought this up before but that album from pre- to it that album premiered on Madden. i know i brought that up before Madden, 2006.
1: Dun, 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 dun. i feel yeah that was like always the lead song right well, like i feel like it was the first song that would come on or at least american idiot was yeah and yeah was,
0: the, the song uh, american uh, idiot,
1: idiot not the, right
0: but what i'm saying is the album was first accessible on Madden, like before I mean, it was you have brought this up a yeah lot. before it was even available like um, a madden exclusive yeah, before, it was, before you could get it like same Goody or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Same like, goodie. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we've got suit and tie, dog days are over, and uh, wake me up when September ends.
1: Yeah. August, see ya. We're It's August 30th when we're recording this. August, get out of here. September, look, it's fun, but whatever. I mean, like, you know, who cares about the games in September? October, that's when things start to get real. You start to really figure out if the teams are actually good or not, so... Let's just get to October, baby. It is.
0: It is a magical time when the MLB playoffs are happening in parallel. I know we've brought it up many times, but the the Eagles Thursday night game in Houston was that so was really cool. It was a really interesting night with the World Series happening at the same time. Like that was just you know, it was a lot of like sports fun. People didn't know um,
1: what to like do. Well, I mean, they did. Obviously, they figured it out. But I mean, like, pe- I felt like people didn't necessarily like fully know what to do here. It was like, oh, how are we going to coordinate this? Like, where I was at, it was like, okay, there's the Eagles game on one TV. But which TV do we put the Eagles game on? What's you know, we put the World Series on. So yeah, it's a whole thing.
0: Um. Okay, let's get out of here. Um. And as we do, Brandon, give us something you promised to eat before next week's
1: mixtape that is not pizza. <sighs> wow. How did you possibly? guess something uh that's a good question i don't have anything in my mind that i can think of super easily that i like i'm planning to get but i'm gonna say a stick of cheese